Welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Monday, November 27th, 2023, the 331st day of the year, and we are now officially into the holiday season. And the home stretch of 2023, as difficult as that may be to believe, with only 34 days to go, Christmas will be here before you know it. Hope you had a terrific and safe holiday weekend if you are one of the millions of people stuck in the airport today due to the bad weather. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the download. Hopefully, I'm helping alleviate some of the stress and inform you, and hopefully, you'll share the podcast with others and get home soon and safely. After Black Friday, which now lasts the entire holiday weekend, today is Cyber Monday. So if you are busy, you know, like living your life or watching football over the week, maybe even working over the weekend. There are plenty of great deals to be had today, Cyber Monday. And in case you didn't have enough pie over the weekend, today is also National Bavarian Cream Pie Day. And who could pass that up? Certainly not me. And what a great weekend of football it was, both NFL and college, from Thanksgiving Day all the way up to last night's Ravens-Chargers game. And among the many incredible college games, the Iron Bowl between Bama and Auburn did not disappoint again. And go back to Friday for the first ever NFL Black Friday game where my Miami Dolphins were victorious again. Former President Donald Trump showed up at the Palmetto Bowl. It's a game in South Carolina between the University of South Carolina and Clemson in Nikki Haley's home state, posting on his Truth Social that he was at the Palmetto Bowl in the great state of South Carolina. Trump was there actually as a guest of Governor Henry McMaster, who succeeded Nikki Haley and has endorsed Trump for president again over Nikki Haley. The South Carolina Republican primary is coming up in February. That's about a month after the Iowa caucuses, which is uh, seven weeks away now. Trump still the far and away front runner for the Republican nomination, and recent polling is continuing to show him beating President Biden as well. The president and the first lady returned to the White House Sunday afternoon from their holiday weekend on Nantucket, which I had talked quite a bit about last week. Many Newsmax hosts were on the air on Thanksgiving. I did have a Newsmax Daily podcast on Friday, so I would encourage you to go back and check that out. Newsmax host Lydia Serrani and former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum broke down some of the numbers over the weekend. The latest Heart NBC News poll shows Trump ahead of Biden receiving 46% support to Biden's 44%, and that's in the hypothetical. This is an NBC News poll. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, I tend not to pay a whole lot of attention to polls at this at this point in time. I don't think it's a very good prognosticator of where we're going to be a, a year from now. Uh, but I, I'd rather be in Trump's position than Biden's position, and and more so, really, that that just the uh, incompetence that we're seeing from the Biden administration on a whole host of fronts. All of his numbers are underwater. I mean, very badly underwater. Uh, and it's actually somewhat remarkable Trump's not doing better. I mean, tr- uh, Biden is is very unpopular. Uh, and uh, and and I don't the hope for for him is uh, for the Democrats is somehow or another they get him out of the race. I, I don't see how Joe Biden wins this next race. And, and that's not all. It gets even worse for Joe Biden as uh, he trails Trump among young voters ages 18 to 34, with Trump getting support from 46 percent of these young voters and Biden getting just 42 percent. So, uh, Rick Gates, what do you make of that? 
Well, I think it's good news for Trump. Obviously, uh, this is a demographic that is very hard to court uh, for any Republican. Uh, but I think what you're seeing is some of these traditional walls being broken down, in addition to a, a very weak administration, uh, one that is obviously increasing the cost uh, in the uh, economy. So these college students are having a difficult time. But, you know, you look at that 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 margin, it's not just with the youth, but it's with Latinos, it's with black voters, uh, it's with uh, college educated women. So many demographics that Trump has been able to break through uh, with respect to Biden. Uh, it's all good news for him. But I agree with, you know, uh, Rick Santorum, we're a year away. I mean, look at what's coming coming up in, in Iowa first, then New Hampshire, then South Carolina. So we've got a long test to go uh, to see if these numbers hold. Yeah, I mean, I remember it well. And I, you know, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I remember every single poll predicted that Hillary was going to win. Remember that Hillary Clinton was going to win. And we saw how that uh, turned out. So again, don't put too much stock into the polls, but it is certainly better to be doing well in the polls and leading than not doing well and losing at any stage of the game. It's kind of like the ratings in the radio business, if you are at all familiar with that. It's fun to celebrate when they're good and don't get too upset when they're not good because they are so inaccurate to begin with. And we know the polls can kind of sort of be influenced by who the polling audience is. The other big takeaway there, as Rick Gates said, is there's still a long way to go. He also mentioned Trump doing well with younger voters. There was another poll out this weekend. It may have even been that same NBC News poll showing Robert Kennedy Jr. is doing very well with young voters. And now you're going to start to hear a lot of people talking about the third party candidates and topping the headlines. Of course, the best news of the entire weekend and today is that more hostages were released by Hamas, including the first American hostage, four year old Abigail Eden, a dual citizen of Israel and the United States. She was released on Sunday. She's the first American hostage freed as part of the deal between Israel and Hamas back on Thursday. Abigail's the youngest of the 10 Americans believed to be uh, held hostage by the terror group from the October 7th attack on Israel. We were anticipating her release with a couple of other Americans, and both of Abigail's parents were executed back on October 7th in front of her. As the world was watching the events of the weekend play out in Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's spokesperson, Tal Heinrich, was in studio with Newsmax host Rita Cosby on Saturday Agenda. Explain what is happening, because this is the end where the Palestinians are being released. These are individuals who are in prison, um, even though they're women and, quote, children. Some of them have a history of some pretty serious stuff. Exactly. It's important, Rita, that you're highlighting this fact that there's no equivalency here. Israel is getting back uh, women, mothers uh, who were forcibly, uh, you know, removed from their communities, from their homes, uh, taken into Gaza by Hamas mass terrorists with their children. Some of them had uh, their husbands being murdered. Their husbands were taking hostages as well. Their communities were totally sh shattered. And in, in exchange, as, as per the deal, we are releasing prisoners. Some of them uh, attempted to stab Israelis, attempted to throw Molotov cocktails at Israelis. They wanted to kill Israelis. So these are the people that we are releasing in exchange because we are so committed to this principle that as a nation, we are leaving nobody behind. And the enemies that we're fighting against, Rita, you know what's their principle? Hamas say that they, they openly say that they want to sacrifice the Palestinian population of Gaza 
to reach their sick goal of obliterating the Jewish state. And I can tell you that we hope, definitely we hope to see the process that we saw yesterday uh, successfully repeating today. Um, and I can tell you that back home in Israel, people are watching, glued to their TV screens, watching images and, and sobbing really sobbing. We are still living in the October 7th moment today. Well, I'll tell you, I have tears in my eyes when I saw even some of the images this morning uh, that were played from yesterday of the little boy running over and seeing his family. And uh, my father was a prisoner of war. So I'll tell you, this is very emotional for me when I see Israeli prisoners coming out. And I pray that all of them, all 240, get out. Rita, we want to be able to tell these Israeli children that Hamas will never, ever again lay their dirty hands on them. They will never kidnap them again and never rain missiles on their communities. We want to tell them that they're safe. Right now, I don't think we can 100% tell them that they're safe because Hamas is still in power in the Gaza Strip. And it is important. On this day where we have a humanitarian pause in the fighting in Gaza to mention that we will accomplish both goals of this operation. One, to bring back all the hostages home. This is not enough. And second, we will eradicate this pure evil called Hamas in Gaza. So the goal is still, even though this is a pause, the goal is still solid. Indeed. Israeli government spokesperson Tal Heinrich on Saturday agenda with Rita Cosby, who also spoke about the Israel-Hamas war and the hostage situation with New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. But where is our commander in chief? You know, it seems, you know, Congresswoman, he seems to be a bit of a bystander in this process, as opposed to from the very beginning saying, you know what, release all the hostages, including the Americans, and then maybe we'll talk about a ceasefire. Where is that sort of moment, that that peace through strength that has worked for America in the past? Well, Rita, he's shopping, of course, which has been reported on many news accounts today. And he's a feckless leader. He has no strength and he doesn't project strength, which is what is so essential dealing, especially in the Middle East and especially when you represent the United States of America. Uh, Look at his staff behind him are all Obama holdovers. We're going back to the failed policies of Obama that led us into so much unrest in the Middle East. Look at President Trump was a powerful, strong leader who projected strength. And and though many always don't understand, like, you know, look, Trump exercise that strength. He dropped the mother of all bombs on the Taliban. He dropped the mother of all bombs on Syria uh, in that situation when they did, when they tried to cross the famous red line that Obama did nothing about. Uh, President Trump took action. They killed Hussein uh, Soleimani, uh, the head of the IRGC Quds Force, uh, in reaction to the Iranians. And they took strong action. They create and then created the Abraham Accords, a framework that could that could give some real hope and promise to other other nations in the Middle East that do want peace, that don't want to get enraveled in this uh, disruptive, uh, evil regime that Iran is operating and is using to sponsor terrorism and cause disruption around the Middle East. Other nations want to see peace. They want to see prosperity for their people. And that's why they joined the Abraham Accords. We were on the cusp of getting Saudi Arabia to get involved in the Abraham Accords, to make real changes to that country uh, with real progress and hope. You know, these are large countries in the Middle East. And it's just it's just tragic that the Biden administration is allowing this to just lapse and, and not take advantage of this operation and incredibly said that he's going to require concessions from Israel at this point. Israel was attacked by a murderous terrorist regime. They don't care about even their own people. 
New York Republican Representative Claudia Tenney on Saturday agenda. The next best story over the weekend is that much of the ammunition and the military equipment that North Korea sent to Russia in its war against Ukraine is apparently faulty and is actually killing Russian soldiers. Did you see this? Reports about this apparently started surfacing in October, late October, but multiple sources now, including Taiwan Plus News, say misfirings and faulty operations of the North Korean-made ammunition and equipment has taken out Russian soldiers that are operating it. And taken out, by taken out, they mean killed or injured. If this is true, this is pretty damn funny. I mean, you remember when Kim Jong-un, I mean, it's nothing funny about, you know, people getting killed, but you remember when Kim Jong-un went to Russia a couple of months ago to meet with Putin, right? And there was all this talk about the North is supplying Russia now. The North is aligning with Russia and they're helping them in the war against Ukraine. Turns out they might actually be helping Ukraine. The ammunition, at least some of it, And the military equipment, at least some of it, isn't any good. Meanwhile, the U.S. Navy was busy protecting the world yesterday, seizing armed militants who seized another oil tanker off the coast of Yemen. A statement from the U.S. Central Command says U.S. forces, including the USS Mason, responded and eventually got the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels to surrender. More Iranian-backed rebels. And you know, on Mondays, I like to squeeze in some commentary from America Right Now with Tom Basile, another one of the many great weekend shows on Newsmax. The American left is seeking to remake this country, and they know that our holidays, both religious and secular, are an important part of our history and our national identity. Holidays at their core aren't just about what we do, but rather what they mean. Socialists and other radicals have been chipping away at our holidays through media and government and schools for years, and now it's time to acknowledge this assault. It goes far beyond the war on Christmas. Today, Thanksgiving is about colonization, abuse of Native Americans, and white supremacy rather than religious liberty. Columbus Day is about brutality and slavery rather than exploration, risk-taking, and determination. Easter is now just some kind of generic spring holiday on the calendar, rather than the holiest of days commemorating the resurrection of Christ. Independence Day has become this generic July 4th holiday, and I bet a lot of young people in this country don't even know why we celebrate it anymore. Some places are even canceling their annual celebrations. It now has Juneteenth as competition, a holiday that the left uses not to commemorate the freeing of slaves and our slow march to a more perfect union, but rather as a reminder of America's alleged systemic racism. President's Day is barely mentioned these days, aside from sales at your local car dealership. If anything, it's become just a time for left-wing teachers to tell their students that George Washington was a slave owner. Of course, replacing Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays, first done more than a century ago to commemorate Advent and Christmas to religious holidays, has been used to diminish the importance of the liturgical calendar in favor of a secular one. Taking Christ out of Christmas isn't just about consumerism, but erasing mention of his birth entirely. Now, this effort took on new dimension with the creation and promotion of Kwanzaa as a secular competitor to Christmas. Here's Vice President Kamala Harris, hearkening back to those days of celebrating Kwanzaa with her family. 
Growing up Kwanzaa was always a special time. We came together with generations of friends and family and neighbors. There were never enough chairs, so my sister and I and the other children would often sit on the floor, and together we lit the candles of the Kanara. Always. Generations. Of course, almost no one celebrated the holiday when she was a kid. Few do now. Her extended family is Indian, and there are interestingly no photos of her celebrating Kwanzaa as a child. Kwanzaa was created in 1966 by the leader of a radical paramilitary black nationalist cult who would later spend four years in prison for torturing two naked women. This seven-day cultural festival just happens to start the day after Christmas, and it can also overlap with Hanukkah. As a secular holiday, schools across America have free reign to discuss it in classrooms as part of cultural lessons, while Christmas and Hanukkah are often relegated to increasingly nondescript decorations that are void of all religiosity. Tom Basili, host of America Right Now, that's Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. You should make it a part of your weekend viewing. So the White House is kicking off the week with a press briefing that will include John Kirby, the man with the longest title in all of government, likely addressing questions about the hostage release and the pause of war in Gaza. President Biden is also speaking about supply chain issues for some reason today and Bidenomics, which all the polls that I talked about earlier show show most Americans think Bidenomics is a bunch of bull. If you raise the price of something, let's say 100% or more, and then the price goes down 10 or 20%, that isn't lowering the price, and Americans are starting to figure it out. Later in the week, we'll have the release of the Personal Consumption and Expenditures Index for October. That is the Federal Reserve's favorite gauge of inflation, according to CNBC, and we'll also have a bevy of retail earnings on Wall Street this week that will show what consumers are really feeling. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee was on Newsmax over the weekend, and this is how he feels about the economy. You know, he talks about coming together and getting rid of rancor. And then his own administration put out this booklet that said if you have MAGA Republicans coming over to your house, confront them and tell them what a great economy Joe Biden has put together. And I'm thinking, look, people aren't stupid. If Joe Biden were doing a great job and the economy was wonderful, you wouldn't have to tell them they'd be experiencing it. But what they know is that uh, bacon is up 24 percent from what it was when he took office. Uh, uh, milk, 11%. Used cars, 23%. And rental cars, 55%. Everybody understands Bidenomics is killing us. And somehow we're supposed to believe it ain't like that and that we ought to be grateful to Joe Biden. I kind of like to go back to the days of Trump when gas was a buck 89 a gallon and when we could afford bacon, bread, and butter. So again, President Biden speaking at the White House today about lowering prices and all eyes remain on the Middle East. Be sure to keep up with all the news on Newsmax. It is available on most major cable providers, including AT&T, Cox Cable, Comcast, Spectrum, Xfinity, Fios, Verizon, and many, many others. And don't forget to sign up for the new Newsmax Plus. It includes all your favorite shows. Rob Schmidt tonight, Eric Bowling on the balance, the record with Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly reports, Carl Higby's Frontline, Newsline, and much more with analysis from people like Carrie Lake, Mike Huckabee, law expert Alan Dershowitz, Rick Santorum, and others. Again, that's NewsmaxPlus.com. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Hope your day goes well. 
Be safe and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.